From Brimberian to Bosherston for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 104 new cases of coronavirus have been recorded in the Hewaldar Health Board area according to yesterday's figures. Public Health Wales data showed there were 47 new cases in Carmarthenshire, 36 in Pembrokeshire and 21 in Ceredigion. Across Wales, 755 new cases were confirmed with one new COVID-19 death reported. Carew Castle is pleased to be hosting the Family Fun Day in aid of Sandy Bear Children's Bereavement Charity later on in this summer. The Family Fun Day will take place on the bank holiday Sunday, August 29th at Carew Castle between 10am and 4pm. Daisy Hughes, the Visitor Services Manager, said we are so pleased to be working with Sandy Bear on the Family Fun Day in August. Activities are planned in and around the castle throughout the day and all are welcome to come along and join in the fun. Sandy Bear are also holding a summer raffle in the lead up to the event which can be entered following a link via their social media platforms six different prizes to be won which have been donated by local businesses with the county including a two-night bell tent stay from knights under canvas an eight by ten pet a wildlife portrait from dawn beer art and an alpaca trekking experience for two from pembrokeshire alpaca trekking all proceeds from the raffle will also go towards children's resources Former Warrant Officer Jack Burton recently visited the old RAF Carew Cheriton airfield just 76 years after he was last there in training. 97-year-old Jack from Richmond trained at the airfield with Number 10 Radio School before being posted to the Far East as aircrew on Liberator and the B-25 Mitchell aircraft. He also trained in Pembrokeshire as a navigator and an air gunner. The airfield was built in 1938 with three runways and was used until 1945 at the end of the Second World War. That was the last time Jack, then in his very early 20s, lay eyes on Carew Cheriton Airfield, but the summer of 2021 saw him and his family make a memorable visit. He was alongside his wife as they visited the Control Tower project to rekindle memories of his wartime service. His visit was also enhanced by having his children and their families with him on the trip to Pembrokeshire and down memory lane. A tour of Pembrokeshire will take place starting this week of a van raising awareness for the campaign of ending physical punishment. The van will visit many towns and villages across the county, a matter of months before physical punishment to children becomes an illegal act in March 2022. To kickstart the nationwide public awareness campaign, the Ending Physical Punishment advertising van will visit over 40 locations over the school summer holidays. To mention a few, they will be in Tenby, Oakwood Theme Park, Pembroke Dock, Nayland Marina, Milford Haven, St David's, Broadhaven, Newport and Fishguard and many others. Julie Morgan, Deputy Minister for Social Services, said the nationwide awareness campaign in support of this important legislation starts with the tour of key summer tourism destinations here in Wales along with other advertising that people may see when they are out and about. We want to help ensure anybody who lives in or visits Wales is made aware of the law before it comes into force on 21st of March 2022. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. Follow Pure West Radio on Instagram at Pure West Radio.
A very good evening to you. It has just gone, well, it's nearly five past eight this evening, and you are listening to Pure West Sport with me, Tom Dyer, and I'm now joined by Bill Kahn, just on time, Fraser Watson, and Gordon Thomas. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Well, we're... Just like last week I sat in this chair, where no shortage of sport happening again, is it? It's all come up at, uh, well, a full calendar, particularly with the Olympic Games kicking off, and the Lions, and um, cricket is coming to the tail end here in Pembrokeshire as well. So, uh, Gordon, what's been your highlight of the, of the sport over the last seven days? Well, obviously the, the Lions watching that on Saturday afternoon, I have to say that was a war of attrition, and uh, the Lions came out on top, but we're going to speak about that a bit later. Obviously we were all out and about doing our cricket uh, on Saturday afternoon. Bill was out and about. Fraser was actually uh, not out on Kiru on Sunday. <laughs> he did well there. And uh, we're going to talk about that and Sutton scoring a, a 200 a bit later. Fantastic. And uh, Fraser, what was your highlight of the week? Well, probably came this morning, actually, on the, the inadvertent Magic Monday that Team, <laughs> team GB is suddenly celebrating. Was it Adam Peaty, Tom Daly and Matty Lee, the girls, Tom Pidcock in the, in the t- BMX as well. Such a shame for Welsh girl Lauren Williams as though as well. Watched her in the final at lunchtime today. That's heartbreaking. Lost silver medal in the first Olympic Games or something, but to come that close to gold and, and you could see it here or afterwards. But no, another full action packed weekend of sport, wasn't it? It really has been. And Bill, what about your highlight of the week? Well, I could go on all night because <laughs> I watched so much sport over the weekend that even I'm thinking I'm overdoing it a little. But I certainly thrilled to the Lions. I enjoyed the local cricket in the sense it's a two-horse race now between Lorraine and Nayland. Nayland did brilliantly on Sunday. Contrary to what Gordon Thomas is going to say, I love watching the darts final match play, which uh, Mr. Wright won, and I enjoyed that. And this morning, I watched for the first time in my life mountain biking. What a sport. I was thrilled by the young fella, Pitcock. And uh, if all the Olympics turns out like that, not just because he won, but the sheer in strength and stamina, but total commitment to a sport. I love that. Yeah, the mountain biking, not something that has ever been won by, by a Brit at the Olympics. No. And we're going to kick off our, our uh, discussion part of Pure Sport, talking about the Olympics. Fraser, do you want to kick us off? We're on this magic, uh, magic Monday, uh, and it's probably gone a little bit better than T- Team GB expected. Well, yeah, I mean, you see how well Rio went, and I think we're before at least three medals above where we were at this stage in Rio, and still a long way to go. And it's nice that the Olympics are actually bringing some joy to people and the happiness and excitement because the build-up has been plagued by so much controversy, isn't it? And and there's still athletes, and my heart goes out to them who have arrived in Japan and won't be able to compete because they've they've contracted coronavirus and there's people isolating and so much trouble. We shouldn't forget the outside factors. The pandemic is raging in Tokyo, and there's many many residents of Japan who don't want the Olympics there and um, whether they should be going on at the moment is another question for another matter but once they are going ahead you can't help but get involved in them emotionally and and be and embrace them when you're watching them and and it's nice that after so much negative publicity I guess that something positive is coming out of them but things still rage on in the background unfortunately because you make a good point there Japan's currently in the in the midst of another surge and uh, a lot of their cities are putting on curfews and uh, having to close down early and yet you've got the Olympic Village which is a hive of activity but world ranking number ones are missing out uh, there's yeah. a, the shooting or the archery and also the golfer uh, have been forced to withdraw Gordon is it still an Olympic spectacle if you don't have the best in the world taking part 
Oh, it's a difficult one. It's in difficult circumstances, as Fraser's just highlighted. But uh, it's brought a lot of joy around the world watching uh, these athletes compete at the very highest level. It's there's a lot of excitement, and uh, you know, uh, you know, we all want to see the best athletes doing their bit on the track, in the pool, wherever they're doing it. But lurking in the background is the covid problem but uh, you know they're trying their best to keep it going and hopefully it will go to the very end and we'll see some top performances there's no doubt about that yeah because build of course there was talk that the well the the organizers claimed that they were going to cancel it up until pretty much moments before the opening ceremony mm-hmm. uh, it did go ahead there was a nice ceremony to go with it lots of drones taking place um, and well team gb are doing very well i think they're fifth or sixth in the medal table at the moment and uh, well we've got our first ever swimmer that's retaining the uh, the 100 meter breaststroke as well uh, do you think that it is shining a light on on the good that is happening around bill I don't know about that. All I know is that I'm glad it's going ahead because it was postponed last year and so many people missed out then who might have won at that time. It's only conjecture like it is now. It's going ahead and I applaud them for giving it that chance. As long as it doesn't cause a massive spike in Japan, well, it's great that young people who've got that talent are not going to be denied this week. My heart goes out. There's a young girl shooter from uh, England who is ranked number one in the world. She suddenly takes a test and finds it's um, positive. And my heart went out to her when I read her story. And that's always going to be the same. But, you know, we're playing a lot of other sports at the moment in this country and elsewhere. So it's a job, you know, you've got to just leave it in the hands of the officials. And if they say it's um, able to go ahead, well, I say, good. If if they said no, I would have said, all right, you've made the decision that's important for for the world. But it's great for the people who are taking part, the joy on the winners' faces. I watched the young boy, Yi, who was taking part in the triathlon. And I thought, Johnny, what's his name, was going to do well. But that young fella ran his heart out and got a silver Every one of them, you know, PT, Tom Daly and his partner there, they're all running their hearts out. So I'm only just going to sit back and enjoy it while I can. And if it goes, if it carries on and does complete well, at least it's a positive thing. But if it causes problems, I'd be very sorry about that. Yeah, and there does feel like a passing of the baton a little bit with with these sports. With uh, you mentioned it that you mentioned there, and also Matty Lee partnering up with with his icon Tom Daly. Yeah. Um, it's all these people that are looking up to their heroes and they're surpassing them, which I think is a wonderful uh, thing for Team GB. That shows that there's a little bit of longevity in there as well. And also a word on Tom Daly: it's his third Olympics, fourth, fourth Olympics. Yeah. He's been diving for so long, and the Olympic gold is the thing that's always eluded yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, did you have you have you seen any images of him and? The, that emotion that he's yeah. that he's got with it. I mean, I, I I'm not no diving expert, but I saw their last dive this morning when they needed one 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 good synchronized dive for gold, and I knew the moment they hit the pole, they'd done it. They absolutely nailed it. And yeah, a great story for him because it started in 2008 in Beijing when he was still so young, wasn't it? it and, was, yeah. and to go that long, and it, it would have tainted his career. It sounds stupid to say, but when you've had so many world titles, it would have tainted his career. He finished it without the one medal he really craved. But but Adam Peaty as well to go seven years and beaten in a race in any sport is an <laughs> incredible achievement. To keep up that level of intensity for that long and 
and to carry it through two Olympics. Brilliant from him as well. So we've got to mention him too. And and the only one thing I would add is, is while I'm game at trying any sport and getting into things, I'm I'm going to struggle with skateboarding. <laughs> and I saw that at half past five this morning. I couldn't really make out what was going on. But <laughs> however, the third youngest ever gold medalist, courtesy of the skateboarding, uh, the Japanese on home soil. Mm. Gordon, do you know was old? It was 12, I believe. 13. Well, 13 year, years yeah. old. Some, yeah. Something to tell your classmates in year 7 on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit sceptical about the way they keep introducing new stuff. Uh, I don't know about the skateboarding. I'm always a bit suspicious of sports that demand judges. When, you know, it's the same with the, with the um, diving. It's the same with they'd be having nice dancing and things like that next. I mean, I watched yesterday and was totally bemused for the first 10 minutes. I think basketball's a great game. Three on three basketball, one basket to shoot at, I'm not sure. I watched a bit of that and I thought it's highly competitive, it's very physical and hugely skillful. Olympic sport, not for me. <laughs> Are there any other sports in this Olympics where you're thinking... Does this well, really cut the mustard? Well, Bill's favourite sport is going to be darts. I should think they should bring that into the Olympics. It's not my favourite sport, but it is a sport. Get your facts right. You were wrong about fight times last week. Get your facts right. I enjoy it. Olympic it sport, sport or not, then, Bill? No. <laughs> not at the moment. There's Con- enough no, sport. Olympics. Contradictive? <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's uh, and uh, it is. <laughs> and... Uh, th- the Fraser, you were saying that you've been watching the Sevens as well. Yeah. And yeah. That they, they started off strong as well. Yeah, Team Team GB, and obviously we're all here in Pembrokeshire and we're anticipating GB women starting out this week, and Jasmine Joyce, of course, aren't we? But GB men, two superior performances so far. She yet to concede a point in the two games. And put really dispatched a very good Canada team as well and then obviously to uh, to tempt fate Fiji not looking so strong in their first two wins actually laboured to them but tonight at half past one Fiji do play Team GB to decide who goes through to the quarterfinals as a group winner so we'll learn a lot more about where that side are then won't we mm. oh that's a little bit tense isn't it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, are there any other sports over because it's over the coming weeks that you're that you're looking forward to Bill what, what is it that's on your calendar that you don't want to miss Blue ribbon events have got to be the athletics. You look at that and you think all the different sort of chances for people in that, all the competition that's going to go ahead with it. To me, that's always the blue ribbon, Tom. I, other sports are fantastic, like Fraser says. I quite enjoy the sevens rugby. Um, every sport has got its own particular um, ideals and aims. And, and I applaud them. I, I some I can't, and like Fraser, I can't understand one or two of them. Uh, even the, you know, it's great to see people doing well now in the martial arts. But I, I don't understand how they get all the points in the uh, ones we were watching today. Now with Lauren Williams and things, all of a sudden the score goes from like eighteen three to twenty nine six, and and I don't know why they've been given those points. You know, I know you got to kick people in the head, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good, uh, Gordon. Joe, what, what yeah, you... Joey Barton. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah, Gordon. What are you? What's what's on your calendar? That's uh, same as Bill. I love the athletics. I'll be honest. I enjoy the hundred, the two hundred, and mm. four hundred. I love uh, you know the sprint events, and obviously there'll be a lot of tales uh, that we'll unfold now over the next couple of weeks when that's going ahead. Uh, GB will do well to get some medals on the track and field. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the athletics, athletics. and obviously in the pool uh, 
Yeah, P.T. Adam P.T. has been sensational again. He's incredible. He's on the same level as what Bolt was on the track. So uh, fair play to him. And I suppose he is, isn't it? Just because it's a different medium. Mm. That, as mm. Fraser pointed out, the seven years of dominance in that, yeah. in, in that sport, that's mm. something to be remembered <laughs> and revered. Uh, Fraser, what are you looking forward to? Uh, the boxing finals, I always find fantastic cash you win so many great boxes at these olympic games don't you you've had i mean we see that in britain nicola adams was in here those back-to-back gold medals anthony joshua lesser wardley harrison but it was the stage <laughs> where he laid himself as well and, and greater fighters before that in fact i think floyd Mayweather's last defeat was an amateur bout in the, yeah, <laughs> the Atlanta well. olympic games in 96 <laughs> wow. but a star was born there as bill said i think some dodgy russian judging that day in fact cost him but yeah so the boxing ones for me of course the athletics is the blue ribbon stuff but those are the bouts of find fascinating because you and here some real future stars there yeah and uh, just to go back to the fact that this is happening in the context of the pandemic and um, jade jones we talked about yeah. here when we had matt bush on the show a couple of weeks ago mm. at the paralympian that's taking place in a couple of weeks time and he was saying how much of an inspiration it is to have these people around you and she was knocked out in round one which came as yeah. a surprise to everybody mm. and i don't have the chance to see her interview afterwards yeah. very upset understandably and she said that she let the fear get to her because there's not that same environment because of all the pandemic and there's not that support network behind it. Yeah, and she's very honest like that. And I think it was hyped up so much, wasn't she? She went in on the verge of becoming the first ever British female to win golds in three successive Olympics. And I think a lot was made of that and there was pressure on her because of that. Like you said, she didn't have the support network and she went into an environment which she wasn't used to in Olympic Games. It's not an excuse. You know, it's one against one. You have to perform. And, and she didn't hide from excuses. She was desperately disappointed. But hey, she's 27. Yeah, you know, she's got two Olympic gold medals behind her. She'll come again. I'm sure of that. You know, it's yeah. only three years. Remember, we haven't got that four-year cycle this mm, time. Of it's course, only three yes. years of Paris. So I am. Um, I think she'll come again. So desperately disappointing for her, but it's not the end of Jay Jones. It's not the end of Jay Jones. Bill, do you echo that? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, she's hugely, hugely talented and committed. I found it ironic that she lost to someone from the refugees team. So she, I don't think she would have been regarded as a real threat. I think the fact that there are no people cheering them on, that their families aren't coming there, that's got to play a huge part. The positive from that, Lauren Williams I went and lived in Manchester for the last two years in a caravan, I understand, with her mother, so she could take part, and she was inspired by Jay Jones. So as, as well as winning those medals, she can she's inspired a lot of others, like Matt with us. So there's positives with that. I mean, Tom Daly's a living proof, you know, three Olympics, heartbreak in all of them. We look at him and his partner today. It was lovely to see them singing through their masks. God mm-hmm. save the Queen when they weren't crying. I thought it was lovely. Yeah. Um, Gordon, would you sing on the podium if you won a gold medal? I'd be proud to sing on the podium. I wouldn't get anywhere near the podium. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. Get there in the first place. <laughs> I think a dance on the podium. You get an Olympic gold medal yeah. at the end of it. It does amaze me how, how reserved they are. Now, um, we, we're just kind of waiting for, for Jonathan Thomas to, to join us. However, we're going to give you give us a song in the meantime. We're going to come back and we're going to talk Lions um, after a very tense uh, victory in South Africa, mm. will they be able to, to repeat it? We'll find out uh, when we return on uh, on Pure West Sport. It's six forty-five, and time for the next exciting episode of Dick Barden Special Agent. 
Following the success of our 2017 production, Dick Barton returns in a new thrilling adventure. Fancy the evil Baron tying us together like that. Indeed, total disregard for social distancing. Can Dick Barton discover who framed him, escape prison in time to clear his name, and save the free world? I say, Charles, give me a boost. Your hair looks lovely. I meant over the wall. Don't miss this hilarious outdoor theatre production. Only at Carew Castle near Tembe, 2nd to the 6th of August. Booking in advance is advised, so get your tickets from the Carew Castle website. Wherever you're driving to this summer... How long do we get there? You need the perfect in-car soundtrack. Are we there yet? So take all your favourite digital radio stations and podcasts with you on the road and don't miss a thing this summer. It's easy to connect your smartphone to your car stereo via Bluetooth or aux in to listen on your favourite station app or radio app. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. <laughs> Love Radio. Go digital. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent. Calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com It was hot, so we went out on an inflatable. One minute we could see our friends on the beach and the next we were drifting out to sea. Then Sophie started to panic. But you didn't. You dial 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Grab my hand! And we just want to say, whoever you are, thank you. In an emergency at the coast, call 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. If I'm going out on my new paddleboard, the last thing I'm taking is my phone, right? Buoyancy aid, fine, but mobile? My whole life's on that phone. Why would I risk losing it in the... Coast Guard! Okay, helps on its way. Grab my hand! Phone. In a waterproof pouch. It's the first thing I pack now. In an emergency at the coast, call 999 and ask for the Coast Guard. And please, respect the water. Pure West Radio. Backbone. I've got the shiver. 
and welcome back to Pure Sport on a Monday evening in association with G and G Builders. I'm still with Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas. However, there is someone new with us. It's Jonathan Thomas. Bill Kahn, if you'd like to do the pleasantries. Yeah, I'd be delighted. I'm thrilled that Johnson's with us. He's come to talk a, a about the Lions and, and his perspective on their first game, but also to tell us a bit about his exciting time with Worcester Warriors. Jonathan, I think, was a born rugby player, born leader, born pack leader, born coach. But above all else, he's a born gentleman, and all of us would agree. It's an honour for us to have him on because he knows this stuff. So, Jonathan, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. We really do appreciate it. The Lions, you obviously chuffed with the win. Good. Yeah, well, it's so important to win the first test, obviously. And I think, um, you know, uh, even though South Africa haven't played a lot of rugby um, in the last couple of years, they are a champion team. You know, they were a proven champion team. The team chemistry is there. The consistency has been there over the years. And and for us to win in South Africa the first test, I, I was confident, you know, that we, we would do well in the second and third test. But I always thought the first one would be critical. And um, for us to win that, and I think... We, we had some good fortune. Uh, we were up, up against the cost in the first half. Um, dis, it was a tale of two halves, really, in the sense of discipline. Our discipline wasn't great in the first half, and, and we got punished by the boot. They had a couple of try opportunities. We were, I think we were fortunate with the TM. Well, we weren't fortunate. It was probably the right decision, but, you know, on another day. Um, but I, I just thought the second half, our, the impact of our bench was, was fantastic. That was the difference. Uh, their discipline was then poor. Um, and I thought we we really finished like the you know the the superior side, and I, I'm really really confident about the the next couple of tests now. I know obviously they they'll be smart in, but I really think we've got the upper hand. You've worked under Gatland, uh, Mr. Thomas, and I thought he was pretty shrewd. I thought his bench was very strong, which you just mentioned, but the TMO bit was a bit clever as well by saying, "Hey, we got a South African. You shouldn't be doing that." Yeah. I, you know, he had that in their head straight away. Is that his sort of mindset, Gatland? Is that the sort of way you would be thinking? Yeah, without a doubt, he's a master. He's a master at the mind games, and and he's uh, he just plants a seed. You know, that's like that's all he did in the week, wasn't it? He yeah. planted a seed. Mm. Um, he's not too bullish like some some coaches. He's not uh, disrespectful, no. but he's very very smart on how he how he manages that situation and. Um, but I almost like uh, it's been a few years since I played under him, but I almost knew what he would have been saying at halftime. Um, in the sense of like discipline is massive to him. Him and Sean, I know Sean Edwards isn't on the trip, but that's it. Him and Sean Edwards, all they used to talk about was was you know Test match rugby is about being well disciplined. Um, so he'd have been talking about discipline at halftime naturally because it wasn't great in the first half. He would have talked about um, the Lions having superior fitness, like something he always talked about. You know, and sometimes that's psychological. Um, you know, you, you say what he's saying to the players is, well, "Listen, in the last 15 minutes, we will be the fitter team. They haven't played; they they haven't been um, training or playing to to our intensity. A lot of the South African team have had COVID, so he'd have been saying, "There's no doubt, our superior fitness and our superior bench will will win us the game." And and that that instills belief in the players in those the moments that matter. Uh, are always, you know, the, the game is full of moments, but it's about winning the moments that matter. You can't win every moment in a game, but as long as you win the moments that matter, that's the the important one. And, and the Lions won the moments that matter in the in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. John, we knew it was going to be attritional. I think in the first half, the Lions lost 
a lot of the battles, the, the physicality, and maybe the aerial battle as well. I actually thought is when they they kept the ball in the second half and went through phases, not necessarily expansive, but went through phases. That's when yeah. South African indiscipline and mistakes crept in. Do you think the key to the second test will maybe to keep possession for longer and maybe not get so engrossed in, in the kicking battle with the likes of De Kirk and so on? Oh, that's a really good, really good question. Um, I think the balance of the team in the first half was quite a, a, a typical sort of Gatlin selection in the in the sense that he normally goes for powerful centres mm. and he didn't do that with going for Henshaw at 12. You know, like Bundyaki is a sort of centre that Gatlin would normally like, you yeah. know, and um, but obviously it was an unusual uh, and sort of daily at 13. Yeah. I thought daily, mm. that, that, that's not a typical selection there for, for Gatson. Um, and, and also Ali Price at nine, more of a running nine, you know, so I think it probably the selection lent itself to more of a um, a running game in the first half, and then obviously the bench probably suited it more to more of a kicking pragmatic approach in the second half with Farrell, you know, coming on and and that sort of thing. So, but it, it's a good question. I, listen, uh, I, I played there for four years under Gats, and he never once changed his game plan. No, it was always about being pragmatic, uh, a long kicking game. For being physical in attack, being physical in defence. So I don't think he'll change the game plan, but I think he it will be really interesting to see what he does around selection because that mm. that could in effect change the game plan. So, mm. um, but uh, like I, I just think with South Africa, you know, um, they play such. I don't want to call it boring because it's not boring. They won a World Cup playing that way, but they've got exciting players themselves. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, out wide, and they just—they, I don't think they got more. I saw a stat from the game that um, they didn't put a three-pass uh, phase together. It was two, two phases kick or one phase kick. You know, oh, wow. so it's yeah. like if you play like that, then it's you know you, you're not getting the ball in the hands of Chazin Kobe and, and players like that. So, no. but I, I think to answer that, it was a long-winded answer. But I, I don't think both teams will go away from there their pragmatic approach, yeah. you know? Yeah. Bill John, can, yeah, John, can I ask you, Let you led me into my next question. If you were the coach for the Lions instead of Gatland at the moment, what changes, are there any changes you would make to the, the, you know, oh. the, the team? I know it's a hard Gosh. question, but people like Ken Owens came on yeah. and made an impact, you know? Would you yeah. change any of it or would you say, we've done well enough, we'll do exactly the same next time? Again, um, I don't think any of us could ever predict Gats in terms no. of it. he always throws curveballs with selections and 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 usually the media um, berate him in the week for his selections and then he proves them wrong on the weekend and that's been the <laughs> the story of his career. But uh, good question. I I think we were a little bit under pressure in the scrum in the first half. Yeah. Uh, I thought Sinclair and Ken did particularly well. When they come up, when they came on, um, so uh, I'm I'm obviously going to say Rory Sutherland should play because we've signed him at Worcester for next year. <laughs> I, have, I have to say, Vinopola played well when he came on. Yeah, <laughs> he did, he did. But I think um, him coming off the the bench yeah. was is, is a like is a real powerful thing for the Lions yeah. to have in the second half. Yeah. So I listen. I, I think I think Ken is really genuinely in with a shout for starting. Sinclair, I think, is genuinely in with a shout. Uh, I don't think the locks or the back row will change. What about the number eight position? 
Yeah, I, 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 think... I thought Falatau would be a little bit more direct mm. than uh, the Irish guy. But you know, what would what what would you think? Well, you, pl- you played in the back yeah. row. I, th- I think I think Gatland. Um, I think what he likes in Conan, he's got incredible yeah. work rate. Yeah. And and whilst whilst he's perhaps not as physical as Tulupe. Yeah. Um, he's you know his his work rate was phenomenal. I thought on the weekend. So it depends what you're looking for, and mm. I, and I think, um, I think perhaps because because he's playing Courtney Laws at six, he probably feels like he needs a work he needs real work rate at eight and, and seven yeah. in Curry and yeah. Conan. So, um, however, you know, I, like I can't see him changing Courtney Laws, so I, I don't anticipate him changing the back row. No. I think there may be a couple of changes in the front row. Don't think they will be in the back five. Um, I don't think he'll change uh, back. I, I haven't seen what the injury report on bigger like. Was he, he, he should be okay, I think, John. He should, should be, be okay. okay, John. And word as oh. well on a on a former teammate, you know so well, of course, Alan Wynne Jones, and to come yeah. back from what he did and to play eighty minutes in a Test match of that intensity, just give us a view as a professional player what that achievement was physically for him to come back and do that. Um. Well, he, like from a from a fitness point of view, he's always had a great engine. So, you know, some players need match fitness and stuff like that. Well, Alan Wynn's got a naturally he, he's got a great engine. He's like he's a good old fashioned diesel. You know, where he just go and go and go. Um, so there was never any surprise in the in the sense that he went eighty minutes. Um, but I, I think it it mindset is the biggest thing with coming back from that injury because yeah. Especially in a, in a day and age where health and safety and all that is at, at the forefront of everything, you know, it's a bit of a throwback to the, the old days, isn't it? Of, <laughs> you just strap it up and play. And um, and but it it didn't surprise me because well, I, this, he wouldn't have been out there if structurally there'd been something seriously wrong with his no. shoulder. Yeah, he wouldn't have been on the field. So fortunately, the ligaments and stuff. I know, like his, his shoulder popped out and went back in, and because the ligaments weren't damaged too much. It meant that, you know, strapping these days, they're, um, um, it, it probably meant that he was safe to play. And then it's just a question of can you tolerate some soreness and some pain? And yeah. of course, Alawin is going to allow <laughs> pain to, to stop him from playing in a test, in the Lions test match and being the captain. So, it, well, I think it, if it was a normal person, it would perhaps surprise you the speed of recovery, but not Alan Wynn because he's, he's, he's so determined and he's always been the same. His whole career, yeah. And psychologically speaking, going into next week, they lost against a very strong South Africa A side, and then they've narrowly beat South Africa in the first test. How are the players feeling, and what are they thinking, getting ready for this coming weekend? Well, they'll be really, really. The mood in the camp will be fantastic. It always is. It's probably similar to old. Like when you win that first Six Nations game, mm-hmm. it's so important because then it, you build in. Momentum, momentum is such a huge thing in sport, and and confidence is a huge thing. So, um, there'll be huge confidence, a, a great buzz in the camp this week. But I, I also think behind that, they'll know that South Africa are going to absolutely throw the kitchen sink. Yeah, it's going to on it. Like I think there was a few questions post match. I think Sarah asked Alan Wynn about that. It was a brutal match in the post match. I honestly think this this game will be another level this weekend because. Um, the South Africans will be really, really motiva- highly motivated to um, to Lemon. come out and try and, try and smash them, uh, to try and smash the, the Lions. So 
I think uh, I re- look. It's a hard one, but I, I think I think we'll, I genuinely think we'll do it. I think we've got players in key positions that make really good decisions in those in those big moments. It was it was interesting. Like I thought, Hamish Watson was a little bit loose <laughs> when he came. Like yeah. you can't Dip, diplomatically put. Yeah, no. but yeah. on, on a serious note, that that's like yeah, you can't afford to have no. Uh, uh, like an overly, he could have easily had a yellow card for that tackle, John, mm. couldn't he? Yeah, and, and that can lose you the game, can yeah, it? Yeah, so sure. it's like You just need. I'm sure Gats will. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident he will have said something in the in the review to to Hamish about that. Mm. But but it's it's going to be a fantastic. I think this will be the best game of the of the yeah, series. Yeah, and so, obviously, yeah. if the Lions win it, then it's then it's done and dusted. Yeah. And then yeah. the third best will be interesting. So. I think from a neutral, I'm not a neutral, but from a neutral point of view, it would be great to see Safka win, wouldn't it? And then <laughs> the test would Go be to, fantastic. No, we can, don't sure, no, but, um, but no, but we're not neutrals. So we, <laughs> we, we, we can be biased and say that, um, yeah, it'd be fantastic get to get that win. But the, the thing that, what, what, sorry to keep talking about, the thing that I find interesting with this Lions squad is you genuinely could change five or six of the players. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Uh, it wouldn't matter, you no. know. And that hasn't ho- happened too often down the years. You, uh, you know, and I think that's a, quite a powerful thing to know that you know if you want to throw a few fresh players in, you can do it. Uh, you yeah. can do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that, that could be a big thing for the third test. You know, mm. if if yeah. body's sore and, and tired, then he could make a few changes. If you're going for the whitewash, uh, Bill Khan. Yeah, John, I, I've always thought he was been the, one of the most progressive rugby players and coach I've ever met. But it's very interesting. When we ask you about changes, you mentioned the forwards right the way through, and you mentioned one back player. The backs, yeah. So, sorry. I, 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 he doesn't I understand back play, Bill. <laughs> no, that's fair. I usually have my head, usually have my head in the rack or my scrum cap in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I he wouldn't know what was going on. He was South Africa 12 years ago, remember when Mike Phillips finished the third test in the centre? Don't mention oh, yeah. Mike Phillips, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The changes I think he would potentially make would be at, uh, at uh, hooker and tight head and, and centre. That's where I think I don't see him making changes anywhere else. You think Daly will be rested? I, I have a feeling that Henshaw might go back to 13 because mm. uh, that's his natural position. And it wouldn't surprise me if he played Farrell at 12, you know. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think. Yeah. And then, can I, can I, can Liberal Kennedy go without recognising the fact you've been a you know brilliant coach in the English setup as well? Worcester Warriors, hard work last year, but this is another season. You told me last year it was a building block and you yeah. were moving ahead. What about the new season? Are you are you very optimistic? Well, I, I, I'm i always optimistic. I was, <laughs> I was optimistic last year. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, but no, I, I think, um, what's the old saying? Uh, uh, hope for the, uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Um, and, that, and that's what we're always... Uh, all he's doing as a coach but no, on a serious note um, huge changes at the club uh, when I went to Worcester I knew it was going to be difficult um, because it was similar to my when I first went to Bristol um, and we've we've uh, we've moved on 20 players out of a 50 man squad we brought in 14 players and uh, you know obviously we made some good signings Van der Merver and Sutherland and Willie Hines and Owen Williams Scott Baldwin so um, we feel like we've made, and um, there's also really good young players coming through at the club. 
So we we felt it was important to sign good quality uh, senior players who are good role models. So we've done that. We've brought in a new conditioner because we didn't feel that the squad was conditioned well enough, which, you know, it's such fine margins in the Premiership. Fitness can be the difference sometimes between winning and losing. So we'll be a better conditioned. We'll have a, we'll have more strength and depth. Um, and, and the secret to, and it's not, well, it's not a secret, but um, for me, what the difference between a champion team and an underachieving team is, is really just getting the right people in the room. And that I'm sure it's the same in business or, uh, you know, whether it's amateur rugby or whatever, you know, success is getting the right people in the room. And that's not always the most talented people, but it's getting the right right characters, the right mix. Um, and that's not just players, that's the staff as well. So we feel like we've got, uh, we, we definitely won't be the finished article, but we feel like we've got um, a good foundation to build on over the next couple of years. So you're confident uh, that your team will not be propping up the table this season, then, John? Well, I'll buy you. Um, I'll buy you if, you, if, if, if we're if we're propping up the table. Okay, mate. I'll buy you um, a yard of ale next time I see you. <laughs> I'd enjoy drinking that. It'll take me a year, but I'd have a go. Kenny, can you just last question, John? Can you look at it a different mentality? Last year was obviously strange, wasn't it? And it was a free hit in some respects you yeah. could use it to build towards that scene there was no relegation there was nothing really riding on the games other than pride towards the end of the season is it refreshing to maybe get that mental edge back now where, where every result matters yeah most definitely and I, and I think um, just for just for clarity on that like I, I know there were some people that felt like the, with no relegation that it meant that the players didn't care or they didn't care about you know and, and I've never been in a team player or coach where players haven't gone on the field mm. to try and win, you know, mm. and I think the thing, the thing about relegation, people say, um, like, does it take the motivation or the winning uh, or the motivating factor away from? But every there's no relegation in the in the Pro 14, but players are either highly motivated or they're not, mm. you know, and, and relegation doesn't motivate players. What motivates players is 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 an internal, you know, everyone's motivated by it could be for family for personal reasons for everyone's motivated for different reasons but it's not relegation it's 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 an internal thing you know and um you know like i was always motivated what motivated me i uh, just loved playing the game i was a proud welshman and and um i would i generally would have paid to play for wales let alone get paid to play for wales so yeah it's um i, I think i don't think that as a factor on on motivation the relegation and, and and I think when you look at our season in isolation, there was eight games that we lost by by less than a score. Yeah. Mm. And if you if we'd have won, I know if is a is a little word, but it has a big uh, consequence. It, if we'd have won those eight games, we'd have finished sixth. <laughs> and if you look back to four or five years ago, Newcastle finished third, um, and there was ten games that season that they won by less than seven points. The season after they were relegated, and there was ten games that they lost by less than, yeah. less than yeah. fine points. margins, John. Very right? fine margins. Uh, well, we're, uh, we're, I think we're going to have to um, wish you all yeah. the best for the upcoming season. We've got uh, Stefan Jenkins of Cresselli Cricket Club joining us uh, in in a few moments. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time you for, and, for your, to to you. and for your insight on the Lions. Thanks, JG. Cheers, we, we cheers, well. Thank you, Jonathan. Cheers, guys. Bye now. Bye, Catch bye, up bye. soon. Take care. Yeah. Bye. You're listening to Pure West Sport on a Monday evening. And as you just heard, we've got Stefan Jenkins of Caselli Cricket Club.
joining us very shortly. Are you an unpaid carer looking after a loved one? There are thousands across Wales, many feeling unsupported and alone, now more than ever. Carers Wales is here for you, with expert advice, useful information, support and much, much more. And it's all free. Find out more at carerswales.org. That's carerswales.org. Carers Wales, here for you and all unpaid carers. Castle Hot Tubs are Wales' largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk a warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win. Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company. Big enough to cope, small enough to care. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Oh, where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. Follow Pure West Radio on Twitter at Pure West Radio.
Welcome back. You are listening to Pure West Sport on a Monday evening with G and G Builders, joined by Bill Carnfraze, Watson, Gordon Thomas. You've just missed Jonathan Thomas talking about Lions and giving a preview of the upcoming weekend. However, we're now joined by Stefan Jenkins. Bill Carn, if you'd like to give us the introduction. Yeah, I would. I was delighted. I phoned Steph up and asked if he could come on. I knew he would. He's an erudite young man. He's a deputy head teacher, I think. I'm not sure he's been promoted yet, but he's a real asset to Cricelli Cricket Club. He's not only on secondary there. He's played for many years in the first to seconds. He's now captain in thirds, looking after the youngsters. And the other important reason I thought it'd be nice to have you on tonight, Steph, you not only represent what's good in cricket, but you can give us a viewpoint on what it's like to work very hard towards Ironman again, as you've done before, and then find it called off. So thanks for coming on. Tell us a bit at first. I mean, as a captain of the third team, you're scoring a pack of runs, mate. Well, <laughs> I think I found, found my level, but... Uh, yes! <laughs> but, no, uh, for years... Uh, I've been the resident number eleven, uh, playing up in the in, in the first. Um, cool, I know how that feels. Yeah, I've been enjoying it this year. Just having the opportunity to to bat and bowl. Um, yeah, I took on the the captaincy of the third because we've got we've got quite a few youngsters coming through there now, and I just wanted uh, wanted to help them really, just to, to, to come through and start playing playing senior cricket. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a good start. We've we've done well in the Ken Morris, and uh, I think we've we've won all we've, we've won all of, all of our games. Um, and um, yeah, Division Five has been has been good. We've 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 won a few games and lost a few games, but it's been a good start for those youngsters. And it's been a good group of players there. Ste- Steph, I know you've been heavily involved in the running of the club overall, and obviously we're in an age where we're actually quite concerned, don't we, about numbers dropping off, especially youngster numbers. But Griselli, you're maintaining three sides. You've got a great All Stars program and, and Dynamo's program as well. The, the outlook's very healthy. Well, what's been the secret to you guys keeping it going with, with three sides and, and such a big overall project, and yet not suffering so much from this this drop off, which everyone talks about? Yeah, I, I mean, at times it has been a real struggle to put three sides out, especially not so much this year, but in the last couple of years. Um, but I, I guess 
we've just been working on just knowing that um, just if we could just get through a couple of years, we know mm. we've got these we've got these youngsters coming through now. And what I'm hoping is that we we will have a bit of a conveyor belt now of them of them coming through. Um, I think I've been involved now with the juniors for for five or six years. Um, it's the introduction. I'll be honest, it's the introduction of, of all stars and, and now dynamos, which is really sure. Oh, set our numbers up um, to the point where you know we've got oh, we've had sixty, seventy children at the club Saturday mornings um, coming in. We've got them coming in at age three, yeah, um, all the way up. So I think we've had we've had thirty five dynamos this year, which is between sort of seven and nine we've got 30 under nines and then we've got sort of between 20 and 25 under 11s and under 13s then and it's just it's just keeping them keeping them involved then through the age levels um but the biggest thing for us then is, is having the the coaches and the, and the volunteers to help manage those numbers because it's, it's all very well having those numbers but if you haven't got if you haven't got the coaches and the people to to support you doing it um it's well it would be it, it would be virtually virtually impossible but um, just been looking at the numbers of other clubs as well um, with, with the All Stars and Dynamos. Mm-hmm. I think other clubs have had big, big yeah. numbers this year as well. I see like Narbeth have had over 60, Pembroke, I think they've had 40 or 50 kids as well. Um, so it's great, it's great to see. And if you've, if you've got the people to help you doing it, um, which we're, we're which we're really fortunate to have at the club now. Um, you know, it's it's really advantageous then, and yeah, it's just a case of keeping them going then. And but, and now we've we've like for example now in the thirds we've got um, Tyler James and and Lewis Mason who are uh, under 13s. I think Lewis is 11, but because there's a rule change now and he's he's okay, played. Yeah. You can play, um, but just looking at the other youngsters now, we've you know we know that there's going to be two or three coming through next year, um, and hopefully it'll it'll just ca- it'll carry on then. And um, but it's about it's about having the balance as well then, because the, the third team, the reason we've managed to keep them going is because we've had a group of what I would say um, more older and experienced uh, players who've just kept kept on yeah, playing. Sure. Um, and have really enjoyed the, the social side of, of playing cricket, uh, and they they have kept they've literally kept that third team going. Uh, Megan, my sister, was was captain for years. There, mm. there was there were times where, you know, she was really struggling to get that third team to get eleven out. We were having to borrow players from here, there, and everywhere. Um, but now we're, we're we're seeing sort of the the fruits of that that hard work sure. and that labour okay. um, with those youngsters coming through now. I think one of the other things is worth saying you've got a group of fellas who've had children who've been fellas who've been great servants of the club, and some of the performances of those boys, the Arthurs, the Lewis boys, yeah, uh, they're playing in the second, some are playing in the first, and they're fourteen and fifteen. So the future for your club, that conveyor belt, your youngsters are coming through now. They're going to be good cricketers, and you've got a group of committed coaches. But those youngsters live and breathe Cresselli cricket, don't they? Yeah, I mean, although we've got sort of big numbers now, there were times maybe when our junior section didn't have so big a numbers, but the likes of Ryan Lewis and Matthew Lewis did mm. a tremendous amount of hard work. Uh, Ridge and Reese, um, Nick Davis as well, um, in years gone by. And, and, and their hard work then has enabled the, the likes of Josh, Morgan, Corey, and now Charlie coming through yeah. as well. So, um, you know, 
those boys have, have been playing regularly in the seconds now. And yeah. like Charlie himself now has been playing in the first pretty much most of the season. He's been in the Harrison Island team. He's only 14 himself. Um, Morgan's been knocking the door. And Josh has, Josh has been playing regularly in the seconds and, and been up in the, up in the first mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, they're doing, they're doing, doing really well. Yeah, Stefan, you were saying about, you know, the old heads like yourself. I mean, you're still good enough to play in Division 1. I think so anyway. You probably don't. You might <laughs> argue about that. But no, all jokes aside, with you stepping down to uh, the third team and having the youngsters around you, that's an inspiration for them. So it's important that all clubs have players that drop down to each of these sides to keep these teams going. And Cresselli are certainly doing that. And I'm sure in the future they will be, if not the top side in Pembrokeshire in years to come. Yeah, hopefully. Um, And that's the sort of... That's the aspiration, really, to, to make sure that we have got those players to compete. I mean, you have to look at Nayland and Lorraine now. They, I mean, they're so strong, their first teams. Um, you know, I, I'd say our first team is, is is strong, but some of the performances of their of their players, I mean, you look at Nayland yesterday going up to Clidder mm. and beating, you know, what is a top Premier League team. It just goes to show how strong... I'm yeah. curious because I think sometimes you know we're, we're looked upon really as a as a lower level, and they're just showing that you know we're not really, and we're not to be not to be sort of sniffed at really. Yeah, Bill Cowan. Yeah, Steph, we, we run out of time as we always do on a blinking Monday evening, but I can't let you go without asking you about the Iron Man. I remember Sean starting and getting you involved. What was it like to have trained hard for a long time and now suddenly find it's knocked on the head again? Yeah, it's a bit gutting, a bit disappointing, um, because I suppose it was cancelled the year before as well. So it's been nearly 24 months now of training, and I was just looking forward to almost getting it out of the way because the actual day isn't the hard isn't the hardest part. Um, that's the bit I enjoyed the most. Um, it's just the long, it's the long hours and putting it in, going swimming at sort of half past six in the morning and before school and doing long bike rides and sort of trying to juggle everything then between school, home life, family and, and, and cricket, especially, th- I mean, this time of year as well. It's just a bit, it's a bit bonkers trying to fit everything in. Um, but I'm still disappointed that it was called off. Like, I can understand why it's been called off as well. So. You, you say you can understand this, Steph. What was the general feeling from the athletes involved? Because we, we sat here last week and lamented the decision a bit. It's easy for us to do it when we're not competing ourselves. But obviously, the... The county council and the Ironman organisers seem to be waiting for this government announcement and the government announcement seemed to almost open it up and make it possible that it could go ahead. So to wait for that and then cancel it actually took me as a surprise. Um, yeah. Was that the general feeling amongst those who were competing as well? Yeah, the, the week before we were all sort of saying, oh, it's on now, it's going to get the go-ahead. Um, and we were just waiting for the green light, really. So... I think after that announcement where it said, you know, unlimited numbers outside, yeah. I think the general feeling was that it's going to be, it's going to be off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then yeah. to have that announcement is off came as a bit of a surprise. But I guess Tembi is a bit unique. It's quite, um, you know, just, just thinking of my own experience in 2019, there's so many people in such a confined space. Um, you know, it, I guess yeah. it is difficult. It's, but, it's, you know, there's yeah. people much on much more money than I am making the decisions. <laughs> yeah. And just quickly, are you going to you going to sign up for the for the one next year? 
yeah, automatically. It's deferred. It's deferred anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep you yeah. fit for another year, Steph. Look at yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as, 